Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. MACT on Mondays with Craig McTavish for Contract Equipment Limited, Canada's premium heavy equipment dealer with rental and sales. All right, Craig, the Edmonton Oilers have won 10 straight. Chris Knobloch uh, has had an eight-game winning streak. The team lost three in a row. Then they've won 10 in a row. What do you see? Well, this NHL coaching is just a lark for Chris right now. Uh, <laughs> this is... Uh, Supposed to be baptism by fire, and he's had, uh, you know, obviously a significant impact on uh, on on the turnaround of the team. I think a lot of it uh, was was going to turn anyways, but that that in no way minimizes the impact that I think that, that I think he had. There were so many things early in the season that uh, were so wrong. Uh, from an individual standpoint and also uh, a collective statistical analysis standpoint that you knew that things were going to turn around. There were just too many positive indicators and we continued uh, not to get the results. But it really seems to me uh, now, I mean, we're coming off a three-game stretch here where we played Chicago. We had a difficult time there, but they're they're a tough team to play right now. They went into Winnipeg the following night and had a one nothing lead in Winnipeg uh, late in the game too. So they're Luke Richardson is doing a good job uh, making sure that they're competitive. And then from there we went into Detroit. That's a you know a, a bit better team, maybe quite a bit better team, and played pretty good there. And then went into Montreal, which I thought was a fantastic game on Saturday night. But to me, I mean, the, the individuals are, are playing a lot better. Um, the goaltending, I mean, Stuart Skinner's made an amazing step uh, from, from a performance standpoint. And I think a confidence standpoint, because, I mean, you look at Samsonov in, in Toronto, and he's under similar scrutiny uh, that Stu Skinner was under here early on in the year. And it's it's tough to play goal when you're in a Canadian market under that type of scrutiny. So for me, it's, it's, it's that. And the single biggest difference uh, that I'm seeing is that we give up less, yes. less chances. And Way less. And that, that, to me, was always F3 on the, uh, the forecheck in the offensive zone. I mean, I can't tell you the amount of times that our teams were in the tank and we mandated more structure on the third guy. The first two guys, if they get burnt, they, they get burnt. But the responsibility of the third man is much greater than the first or second four checker. And if you go into the games understanding that, then you're in a better position uh, to defend through the neutral zone. You've got three guys. The defense feels supported. And I can't tell you the amount of times that we came out of it and a lot of the mistakes and breakdowns in our system play, in our team play, uh, went away with that emphasis on 
having a more responsible third guy because then you can stand up in the neutral zone you get more transition opportunities you have uh the defense is less inclined to back off the our defensive blue line so you don't get the the depth of entry that is so critical to creating offense and i mean the rush chances have uh really gone away and a lot of it is led by your stars uh, buying into those uh, because you have to give yourself up slightly offensively uh, with that mindset. And when your stars do that, Connor, I mean, he can get burned a bit more because he's got the legs that he can recover quicker. I mean, but those guys are all coming back hard. And I, I think, more so than any other team that I've seen here in the recent history, they've found a template that they can get to, and uh, it's a winning template. Greg, here are the numbers on this 10-game winning streak. So obviously they got the best points percentage in the league. Goals four, uh, partially because of the, the road trip, they, they've actually dropped to fourth in goals four at 3.9, but... Colorado and Dallas are averaging four goals per game during the, the same time frame. So they're right there. Here's the big one for me. Goals against, okay? They're third in goals against. Power play, and this is where it gets really interesting. I mentioned that they're fourth in goals for. Their power play over the course of this 10-game winning streak is only 21st. There's no way it's going to continue just to be 24, 21st. They're penalty killing. Their penalty killing under Knobloch is third during the 20-6 and six coaching uh, run for him since he started. And on this 10-0 and 0 run, they're third in penalty killing. Um, and then shots for, they're, uh, they're third. And shots against, in terms of giving up, you know, they're, uh, they're in the top six there too. So the numbers speak for themselves. Like, They've got great numbers, and, and I mean, the best numbers they actually have are actually 18-3 and three over the last 21 games. They're like top four in everything during that 20, uh, because they've won some lower-scoring games here, and I think that's one of the things that's happened, Mac T, is when they went on that eight-game winning streak, they blew some teams out. They pumped some teams, right? They lit some teams up. But on this run here... They started, you know, obviously, they look, they got the six goals in New Jersey. They got the four against, uh, uh, they got the four against the Rangers in the third to come back. And then they put up five against San Jose and seven against uh, the uh, Anaheim Ducks. But since then, you know, they yeah. went 3 2 in a shootout against LA, right? Um, yeah. And, and you know, a three, uh, a, 2-1 victory against Chicago, a 3-2 victory against Detroit in overtime, a 2-1 victory against them. They're not giving up much. Like, since Christmas, Craig, 11 goals against in the eight games. 11 goals against. They beat Ottawa 3-1 as well. I mean, they're not pumping it. To, they're not really going offensively right now. They're not lighting it up. But their team defense is so much better, and, they, and they're penalty killing. And you would be the first to say, you're penalty killing for a coach is more important than the power play because it negates the opposition from scoring. Is that not fair? I don't know whether that's a true statement or not. Okay. I mean, obviously, both special teams have to be good to have long-term success. But, you know, whether you're preventing a goal or scoring a goal, 
I think they're both equally important. And, you know, as you talked about last time, it's the strength of the schedule is in our favor now. Yes. I mean, we haven't, and the teams at the bottom of the league are, are dangerous this time of year for sure. But we're going to get a good test here, a really good test tomorrow night against Toronto. And uh, we'll get a really good test in here on Thursday uh, against Seattle. And you mentioned the 3-2 uh, shootout win against L.A. Well, I, I think about that Derek Ryan shootout goal a lot. I mean, th- that was a great contribution to keep this streak alive. And, uh, you know, there, there's been a number of different uh, contributors throughout this. Certainly, Stu Skinner is, uh, you know, front and center with 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 Connor the way that he's played. But uh, I, I just, I really thought that LA game was was a, a, a big game to come back in after getting blown out. Uh, you know, could have been blown out in the first period, uh, but got out of that down two nothing, and then for Derek Ryan to get that goal. I, I mean, that that really had to have a a big emotional uh, uh, jump for the team in that dressing room after the game. All right, so I got asked by Epstein's mother, Texas on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, Bob, what are the numbers over the 18-3 and three run? So here we go. Best points percentage in the league, that's a given at 857. Uh, so since November the 24th, when the Oilers first, they, they won eight, then they lost three, eight, now they've won 10. So 18-3 and three run, number one in goals four during that 18-3 and three run. Uh, in terms of goals against, the Oilers are second. <laughs> You'll take that all day. In terms of power play, Edmonton is fourth on the power play. So obviously their power play was cooking better during that 8-0 run. Their penalty killing is fourth. Seeing a trend here, Craig? This is over 21 games now. Number well, one. In it sounds sh- like a team that's won uh, 18 of 21. 18 out of 21 games. <laughs> and uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's they're top four in everything, Craig. They're top four in the number one in goals for. Uh, they're they're top four, you know, goals against shots for. They're number one shots against. They're third. Uh, power play. They're fourth, and penalty killing. They're second. Like that's <laughs> amazing numbers. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's and here's the scary thing: they got more game. I honestly believe, Craig, they got more game to give because I don't think Ken Holland's done building. Uh, like Dylan Holloway is going to come up and he's going to play at some point ahead of some of the forwards that are playing in the bottom six. And I think it's not out of the realm of possibility that Edmonton adds two more forwards on top of that when you look up the makeup of the team. Now, one guy, I got to ask you this Ryan McLeod, he started the season with an injury. He played center, he struggled. Then he ended up on left wing with Drysettle and Fogel. By the way, I thought Fogel might have been Edmonton's best skater uh, in Montreal on uh, Saturday night. Uh, today he was playing center, third line at practice. I don't know about you, but I thought they missed McLeod's uh, pace and tempo against the Canadians on Saturday. What do you think? Well, I think it's all Evander-driven. And, uh, you know, you, you the coaches know that he, Evander needs to play with skill if he's going to produce. And he's he's a productive player, but he's a finisher. And to be a finisher, you're going to have to play with guys that can set the table for you if, if you're going to get something out of him. And, I mean, 
the uh, the, the McLeod Dreisaitl Fogel line was 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 doing pretty well there for for a while. I mean, I never thought that was gonna. Uh, that was sustainable over a long period of time, and eventually, eventually, Evander's going to have to bide his time at that point and wait for another opportunity. But I mean, we're, we're definitely going to need Evander in the playoffs because he's he's he 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 can produce there, and uh, he penetrates tough areas, and he does a lot of things that you and I both like to see. Uh, but when you're playing him... He's a little greasy, isn't he? And yeah. he's prepared to... He got across the line a little bit and get a little bit nasty. This isn't this isn't yeah. the United Colors of Benetton where we're singing Kumbaya together. And so come playoff time, we're playing for keeps, and it gets nasty. And we saw how effective Kane was at 100% against Calgary in the playoffs two years ago. Yeah, and the... the you know, sure, let that line run its course, and maybe it has. Uh, but we need uh, a Vander back in there, and you, you, you know, you got to be a bit mindful of his spirit. Yes, it's, it's uh, you know, he's got to take a back seat for a little while, and has, and try and have a good supportive attitude because that's critical. Uh, and uh, when the coaches see that and his teammates see that, I mean, they're going to be appreciative of that and wanting to help him when he gets back to in a position where he can produce. But uh, I, I think this lineup change and whatever happens tomorrow, I don't know. Uh, maybe, you know, they're testing McLeod out, but, uh, you know, Evander's got to play with talent if he's going to be expected to produce. Craig, you were with St. Louis last year, um, and we talked a lot uh, privately, you and me, about a couple of the guys, and they ended up getting moved in the same trade uh, to the Maple Leafs when you guys moved O'Reilly and Achari there. I want to ask you about a guy that you would have seen four times last season. When I'm looking at the makeup of the Edmonton Oilers, the price point, um, and a, a guy who might, and he's had a good year this year. There's no question he's had a good year. What are your thoughts on Colton Sissons as a third-line center, a right shot for Edmonton? Yeah, he's a, he's a big, heavy guy. I think uh, there there are guys that uh, intellectually are more suited to that job. He's more of a search-and-destroy guy, in my mind, and my impression of him, than... Uh, uh, a strong cerebral shutdown um, Ryan O'Reilly type of guy. I mean, you're, I know you're not comparing the no. two, but uh, um, I think uh, he 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 would help. But you know, it, 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 are there better fits out there? I mean, Kenny would be able to tell us that. So the last two full seasons, 188 and 164 hits. This year, he's got. Uh, 12 goals already for Nashville in 43 games. He's about a $2.8 million cap hit. He's got some term left. Right now, Nashville's in it. I don't know if they're going to stay in it. And when I look at a guy who I, th- I mean, he's fifth, career 54% in the face-off circle as a right yeah. shot, so he wins draws, 53.5%. Uh, good friends with Ekholm. 
the Oilers in Nashville have made trades. I, I just, I wonder what, do you need another, do you need a, a right wing that can trade pucks as an example with Drysaddle and Kane? Who knows, maybe you can play Fogel there. Maybe you can play McLeod there. Or are you better off getting a third line physical right shot center? that has some dimension and can chip in third-line numbers offensively for you. That's bigger-bodied than the guys that you have here right now. Like, you know, Derek Ryan in a perfect world is playing fourth-line right wing. Uh, you know, that's not discounting the possibility of where Dylan Holloway fits in because I think Dylan Holloway's got a chance to really help out the Oilers. In fact, I think Dylan Holloway will be in the lineup act Saturday night against the Calgary Flames. Okay, well, I, I would endorse that. And I would also say that I don't think the bottom six has contributed at all in the last four or five games offensively. Right. I mean, they're going to say, okay, we're not getting the opportunity uh, to, to contribute. But at some point, you, you need, and I don't consider Evander a bottom six guy. I know he got an assist, big assist last game uh, in Montreal for us. But... Uh, I, I think there's ultimately you're going to come up against teams that are deep enough that they're going to get offense from their third and fourth lines. Their top two lines probably are not going to produce at the level that the Oilers' top two lines are going to produce. So if we can close that gap on the bottom six, I mean, and, and you make an interesting point, What what is uh, – you know, what's more important? I mean, I think we need a third-line shutdown guy. Um, but, you know, I, I, how good would Patty Kane look uh, <laughs> on, the, on the right side with on the second with line? and Evander Kane? And, yeah, I mean, that guy's, I mean, he's played great since he came back. Got hurt last night against uh, Homer. Oh, got a, did he? Yeah, he got a piece of him, got knocked out of the game. Yeah, he had 16 points in 18 games, Mac since coming back. So, I don't know. I mean, I just, I, I look at fits for Edmonton, and Ekholm, somebody did their homework on Ekholm. I mean, the guy moved here. He stayed here in the offseason. He's endorsed and embraced being an Edmontonian. Uh, and there's a lot of nights he's Edmonton's best defenseman best all-around defenseman as well as Darnell's played and as well as Evan Bouchard is growing um, you know as Ekholm and let's face it Craig as 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 uh, Connor McDavid Matthias Ekholm and Ryan McLeod got healthy so did the Edmonton Oilers yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. but I know this they're adding on top of Holloway I believe the organization will add two. Let me ask you uh, two forwards. Do they need to t- test drive Raphael Lavoie between now and the trade deadline? Do they need to? Because I have, just, just so you know, based on the cap and how you allocate money, I've got uh, Holloway for sure this season and then also Broberg and Lavoie on the team next year. I got them on the team. I, they, the Oilers, they're, they're all big. They're all bigger guys. LeBlanc's adding some bite to his game. Would it make sense? Would it be prudent of the Oilers to give some games here to LeBlanc to see whether or not he's the answer as a potential fourth-line left wing? What do you think? I don't see it right now with him. I think he's a ways away from what I've seen in limited uh, viewings. Uh, but I, I, I think... I, I I would have a hard time believing that Euler management 
feels like he's going to be a uh, uh, contributor or capable of being a positive impact in that bottom six as we approach the playoffs. It, it just, it's, it, I think it's a, it's a real long shot. All right. I mean, if they go out and get a second line right wing, then you're dropping McLeod Fogel. You could reunite them theoretically with Darren Derek Ryan. You could have Yanmark on the fourth line, who's a, who's a he's a real NHL player. Um, we'll see. We'll see what they end up doing. Not the, much offense. From, yeah. Uh, on uh, on Yanmark, not this Janmark. year. Did have double digit, and that's been a big difference for the team. Like tomorrow, the, you know, the Leafs' bottom six has outscored Edmonton's bottom six quite significantly. That said, the Oilers have twice as many goals from their defense. The Oilers have 23 goals from their D. Toronto has 12 this season. So you can get it in different spots. It'll be intriguing to see, you know, uh, as as the season goes on, what Edmonton ultimately elects to do. So you're GM of the Edmonton Oilers, Craig, for one final day. You have a chance to make a move. What type of player do you get to improve this team? That's realistic because you're going to have to move money in, probably move some money out. Well, you have to see what your options are. And uh, what you think, what move you think is going to give your team the greatest impact. And uh, it depends on the level and the quality of the potential third line shutdown guy, which I still think we need. Okay. And, uh, but if you have a chance to get a stud that's going to be a. you know, be able to play with Leon and Evander, then that 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 factors into it for sure. That what's going to give you your if it's you know Sissons or Patty Kane. I mean, I would say let's go with the right winger in a hurry. Hundred percent, because they're about the same money, right? Two point seven five prorated versus two point eight. Yeah, that, and that guy. I mean, he's a, he's a difference maker. Craig Nick. Uh, Craig Nick. And, and, yeah. And Derek Ryan. I mean, he he he's he 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 can he can do the job there, not to the level that maybe you would like in in against elite competition, but I he can he can fill that role where he goes out there and wins a faceoff on the right side and yeah. obviously really smart hockey player I like him a lot you win with guys like that it looks like a fantastic teammate um so I've got lots of time for him do I wish he was in a bigger body yeah but uh you know those are the decisions that oiler management are going to thankfully uh, have to make now and uh, you know kudos for them for being so patient to this point because ultimately they're going to will be a better hockey club because of it Craig next Monday is pitcher night Uh, Brennan Escott is just finding this out right now I have to bolt next Monday at 6 because uh, Cam Cam Moon and myself are the official consolation prize on uh, we're the easiest guys we're we're like the uh, uh, the mermaid ride at Disneyland that everybody can get on uh, as opposed to the cars ride that gets lined up for about 4 hours so we'll uh, we'll have you on uh, next uh, 5.15 next week on Monday as well thank you for joining us on Letters Now okay 
Okay, Stoff, always a pleasure. Thanks. You bet. That is Craig McTavish, MACT on Mondays uh, for Contract Equipment Limited Canada's premium heavy equipment dealer with rental and sales. He's also our owner's now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W I L H A U K today. Travis and Trent Wilhock. The Oilers Injury Report brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. We will tell you that uh, Sam Gagne was on the ice today, but uh, did not play play against uh, Montreal the other night. Uh, the Leafs have got a couple guys on LTIR, including uh, what the, Jake Muzzin is on LTIR for Toronto. So too is uh, right shot. The John Klingberg is on LTIR and Matt Murray. So they got three guys on LTIR right now. Ryan Reeves is not available either. Uh, we'll head off to a global news weather traffic update. Kellen, who do we got? Well, we, uh, got we got Zach on news. All right, Zach Ferguson up next with a global news weather traffic update. Back with Frank Cervelli for the horses and horse racing in Alberta.